What's up, gangsters? Welcome to Basically Podcast, episode 108. Uh, I have just recovered from recording episode 108 with David Catchadale. My mind is absolutely blown. Um, such a fascinating dude. Um, David, I can best describe as a, a, a health advisor, or that's how he just describes himself. Um, David is a super interesting guy and one of the most intelligent people I've ever had the pleasure of listening to speak in person. Uh, absolutely fascinating podcast. We covered loads of really deep and scientific topics regarding nutrition, health, sleep, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, like I said, my mind is absolutely blown from that one. Thoroughly enjoyable episode. Dave was kind enough to come on, give up his time and share his story with us. Uh, Dave is a, a test, testicular cancer survivor. He's had a, 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 his fair share of experiences with cancer through his family and he was kind enough to come on and be very vulnerable and share his story with us and kind of how he got into the, the health game and what he's doing now. And like I said, just covered a whole range of topics on some some nutrition necessary uh, habits and, and practices that everybody should be practicing, as well as some things you should be avoiding. And then some best practices and tips on how to uh, maximize and improve your sleep and the importance of improving your sleep. Again, David, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. I really enjoyed this one and I hope all you guys do too. You can get all David's information from the link in the show notes. Uh, yeah, go and enjoy. Let me know what you think and have a have a sick day, team. Peace. Welcome, team. Welcome to Base 3 Podcast, episode 108. I've got it right this time. I'm sat here with David Catcherdale. Is that right? That's correct. I literally just asked you that. How's it going, man? <laughs> it's going great, man. Really, really great. Happy to be here. I'm super excited for this one. It was kind of a funny story how this all came about. And I think it was through mutual friends that mm. um, doing some work with my friend Jeremy, who was on the podcast last week or the week before as well. Oh, which was interesting. Um, right. And he kind of lined this up for us. And I know we've got some mutual friends with Rob uh, yeah. and yeah. some of the guys you train with as well. So this was, I'm excited to kick this one off because I actually don't know where this one's going to go. Yeah, let's see. But look, you're, you're right. We have a great inner circle. You know, it's funny how you've been in Dubai for how long? 17 years. 17 years. 17 years. It's okay. Yeah. Wow. I've been in Dubai for two years. Uh, and I found that, uh, like the, the fitness crew, the wellness crew, like it's, it's like a family here if you're in the right circle. For sure. And I definitely feel like that's kind of our circle. So the, it was, it was uh, inevitable. We were going to connect at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I always find that and someone will bring someone up and I'm like, yeah, no, I recognize that name or know someone here. And it is right. very, very tight knit. And I, and m Mine's more well CrossFit gym and literally everybody who does CrossFit here, you, or coach-wise anyway, you right. can always, through someone, can you speak to that person through a friend of a friend, which I just think is amazing. It's all here. about the networks, so yeah. I think I said this over the phone before is I, the town where I'm from in the UK, I would not know an Olympic weightlifting coach, a physio, a nutritionist, have access, yeah. access to all these experts, which I guess is one of the privileges of being here. All within like, what, 10 kilometers? Like I always think Seriously. about this as like, a, I think of Dubai as a city with like a 10 kilometer radius. Like I know there's more, right? But like within 10 kilometers, you, I know exactly what you mean. basically have 90% of the things you need. 100%. Beautiful. Okay. Less about me, more about you. Yeah, let's, let's go, Dave. Let's tell, us the, uh, tell us how you've got to where you are now, and then we'll get into what you're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, and you can go as deep as you want, as far back as you need to. Yeah, I mean, look, and also feel free to pry. I um, One of the reasons why I love doing podcasts and, and sharing my story now is because I... And I didn't before, right? I, I, was, I was like a vault. Like, my family was always 
little worried about me you know they, they couldn't really get anything out of me you know oh, like, wow. I, I was really good at locking things in uh, and then that's there's a good reason behind that there's a protection mechanism behind that uh, so to give you the yeah you, we don't know each other at all I'm like I'm actually yeah. telling you a story you don't know yeah so look I I am I'm a healthy guy I'm a f- I'm a relatively fit guy uh, I come from a very healthy family like really health conscious family we didn't do cokes or diet cokes you know like it was like mama was fresh making food you know if we did fast food it was like treats only or like birthdays or something yeah. um, so I consider by all definitions like we have a very healthy family um, but at the same time, my family just got smashed with cancer. Like my younger brother, who is now a celebrity trainer living in Los Angeles, crushing it, written a couple books. Like, oh, nice. yeah, but I mean, he, so where I was going to that is like our wellness and health came through hardship, right? So he fought leukemia from age four to age nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was rough. So when he was four, I was 10, I'm six years older. So basically from 10 to 16 or 10 to 15, 14, I'm basically watching him in the hospital be sick and fight for his life. He was fighting for his life. You know, it it was, it came down to like bone marrow transfusions um, and like just all of like, you know, chemo radiation for years. Right. He was cured uh, at age like nine, 10. And two years later, my father, healthiest man I've ever met. Never smoked in his life, never drank in his life, took his lunch hours and ran. Uh, like literally, it, it, I'll show you a picture. He's like built like a Spartan warrior, like built like a CrossFitter. But this is like in the 80s, you know, okay. 80s and 90s. Like, like I remember he was benching. I remember somehow, it's a memory I have, he was benching two plates, uh, which to me was huge, right? Yeah, like yeah. benching two plates aside. So, you know, he's benching 225 pounds. And I'm looking at him like, oh, this guy's a monster. My father's a superhero, you know? Um, and just like, just so healthy. Took his lunch hours and ran. And, um, and he was diagnosed with a super aggressive cancer when he was only 46 years old. Um, it's uh, like non-smoking lung cancer, adenocarcinoma, that metastasized and went to his brain. He died in less than a year. So oh, my brother like fights for his life for, for four or five years in the hospital a couple years later my father gets diagnosed with terminal cancer and you know i'm 17 i'm a shithead teen you know i'm drinking i'm crushing up pills and sniffing i'm doing bad things you know and so my my life was not going in a very health direction because i was basically i saw this ill health all around me and it, it basically just turned me into this stone you know right. like I, I didn't know what to do but anyways long story short i kicked that i, I gained responsibility uh at age 18 and then i i made a complete switch and okay. i'm like you know what i want to be as healthy as possible i don't want that to happen to me uh if i could prevent it so i became a personal trainer at age 18 like one of the youngest training guys like not many people were certified where i'm from in canada uh, at 18. um i did my nutrition courses at 19 i was into pull check you know okay, yep. so he, he's a wild and out there guy but like um like he was the only guy back so this is 19 no, this is 2000 and 2001. Um, and, you know, I was into Paul Check stuff, which is a little more holistic than yeah, your yeah. typical training, right? Yeah. Um, and and I was doing really well with that. I, I was like, the gym basically became my life. The it I can say it saved my life because it, I was going in a bad direction, like I mentioned. And... Um, and like finding the weight room gave me like this confidence that I can change my body, you know, that I can change my destructive habits into productive habits. And, 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 and it just became my identity. I became the gym guy, you know, I was about 
yeah, I was, I was a big guy. I was competing, you know, fitness modeling and whatnot. Um, doing pretty well. Um, never got the mass that you can get to really, you know, but I, I, I tried. Um, and then I'm 23 years old, like peak of my fitness modeling career. I just won the Canadian National Champions. Uh, I'm like, wow, this is really going somewhere. You know, I'm enjoying this and I'm coaching people to, right. like, to do the same. I was more like, I was like a, like a contest prep coach, right? Okay. 23 years old and then something starts to hurt down there and I'm thinking a hernia, you know, like I'm deadlifting, you know, five plates at this time. Uh, I think of my best deadlift was 525. I'm, I'm using pounds. Are we using kilos pounds, here? I'm pounds. Okay. Pounds way, yeah. <laughs> I was raised in Dubai, so it's pounds for me. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what kilos it is, but I was deadlifting 525, squatting about like 495. Um, I was really strong. And so I'm like, okay, you're lifting heavy shit. It's probably a hernia, yeah. you know, like a lot of guys were complaining about that. And I went for a run one morning and I'm like, this is, something's wrong, you know? Uh, and then like a little visual inspection and I'm like, I'm going to go to the doctor. Okay. And, uh, I get to the doctor and right away, like the guy's face, like he asked me, he's like, you know, do you have any history of cancer in your family? And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, about that. I'm like, yeah, my brother and my father, you know, got it. And my brother survived. My father died. And he, like his face kind of went like a little okay. white and he he's did. like, yeah, we're going to do some more tests. Uh, and then I got the news that I had testicular cancer, um, 23 at 23. Yeah. So my brother had it, my father had, you know, died from it. And then I get it at 23 and I'm like, gee, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, your question was like, how did you get here? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, people listening don't know where here is. I'm, I'm 39 now. And, uh, so my wellness journey started at, at age 19, um, and, uh, and, and it hasn't stopped, but it's, it's, it's progressed and it's pivoted so much, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, so just back on the cancer story, like I, I declined chemo and radiation. So I, they did, it's, it's called bilateral, right? So like both testicles gone, right? Okay. They do try to save, you know, as much as they can. Like the doctors were really, I was young, right? And so the doctors were like, look, we, we don't want you to not be able to have kids, so we're mm -hmm. gonna try something. They tried and it didn't work, right? Okay. So, so kids is not an option for me. Um, so actually, I'm on testosterone replacement therapy. Okay, been on testosterone replacement therapy for now 16 years, right? Okay. Um, and, and that was a wild ride, you know, like learning how to balance my hormones yeah, at that sure. age, you know, like leveling out my estrogen, leveling out my testosterone, trying to go. I tried to go two years with no testosterone. I tried. I, I said, my body can do this, you know, my body can do this. It couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it it couldn't like I went in to get my testosterone tested and I was like 14 you but know? that must have been really hard coming from that background of like crushing weights in the gym uh, bodybuilder figure prep yeah. into that now yeah talk about like your identity getting yeah. pulled away from you you know um, but but not to go too deep into it but TRT like testosterone replacement therapy or, or HRT hormone replacement therapy it's it it's a lifesaver mm -hmm. when it when needed right when done properly I still get my bloods tested constantly find out what my cholesterol is what are my liver values and then then but um, going back to the cancer thing is I, I, after the surgery, they, they said there's a little bit left, like there's a little bit of cancer cells that we detect. Um, so they had to do basically, they, they said, we got to do chemo and radiation. And I said, no way, okay. no way. Cause I actually didn't want my family to know. Right. My mother, my, my mother, you know, she's, yeah, she spent lady. half of her life in the hospital with my brother or my father. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that again. So it was a big, like my family actually didn't find out until a couple of years ago. 
Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I made it 10 years without them knowing. And <laughs> yeah, then the bubble burst. And, but it was so funny when my mother, like she was mad at first. And then she's like, she sent me a couple messages. She's like, I'm glad you didn't tell me. Yeah, she's I'm like, sure. honestly, I don't think I could have. Yeah. I don't think I could have handled that. So, um, so yeah, so I actually, I declined chemo and radiation. And that's where my journey into nutrition came real. Like okay. that's where, that's where I started to learn about the healing power of the body, right? And the mind. Um, I was in ketosis for two years. Okay. Um, it's so interesting. And, and anyone listening, like you said, a lot of your members are listening and you know, we all, I don't know what your methodology is on nutrition, but it's, it, it's, there's, you can get great results from doing so many different things, right? Yep. You can go carnivore, you can go vegan, you know, like you can go polar opposites and you can still get results for a certain amount of time or everybody will react differently. But like, I don't, I'm not a, a keto uh, fan anymore okay. necessarily. However, it did the job that it needed to do for me. Um, I was researching Dom D'Agostino. Are you yep. familiar? Yeah. So, so back in the day, I had two choices. It's like, again, this was 2003, right? 2004. Um, your option was like either like eat meat or go vegan. Like that was like the two things that you do, you know? And you see like healing stories on both sides. You hear like, oh, I went vegan and all of a sudden everything healed. Yeah. And then you hear, oh, I went keto and everything Same healed. Thing. And I'm like, shit, man, what yeah. do I do, you know? Uh, but keto just felt right. Okay. Um, so I did it like clinical ketosis, 20 grams of carbs max, um, you know, 75, 80 grams of protein max, uh, 140 grams of fat, um, like deep clinical ketosis. I was going to say, but this is like before keto became like a fad and people like, I mean, ketosis. Oh now. yeah. Like, yeah. This it, was actually legitimate clinical ketosis. This, this exactly. Yeah. This was like, yeah, with no thought about body recomp, you know, zero yeah. thought about, uh, it was, it was about like autophagy. It was basically about like allowing my immune system to not have to deal with inflammation from sugars to not have to deal with digestive stresses from certain carbs um and and it, and it worked it, it worked phenomenally um i was also became like my own like test guinea pig you know i was i was injecting vitamin c myself you know okay. i was ordering stuff from i think russia at one point <laughs> online oh no and this is the worst so and the options this this kills me this kills me we'd we'd be having a different conversation today <laughs> um the two ways you can pay for stuff online back then was Western Union or Bitcoin. Oh. And dude, Bitcoin was worth like $300 at that point. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell's Bitcoin? Yeah. I'm like, that sounds like a scam. I'm like, I'm not paying with Bitcoin. Like, yeah, you know, sure. I'm not buying this digital coin that I don't own. Looking back, I'm like, Dave, Whoa. why? Why? I just this story. A friend of mine, he, this is a lot, uh, it was like 2013 maybe, bought a bunch, mm. sold it a year later, made a bunch of cash. He was like, this is amazing. Now he's kicking himself. <laughs> Yeah. You're like 10x his investment in uh, a year. Now yeah, like, oh. yeah, that's. I mean, I feel bad for that, but have you heard the stories about people losing their like passwords? passwords. That Dude. that to me would be like, how do you sleep at night after that? Like every night, you're like hypnosis, trying to bring yourself back. You there was that one story where the dude was down to his last attempt. I think it was, I, was like, I got one more try to break this. I think he like offered like millions of dollars to hackers, yeah. for like whoever can hack this and get me my my passcode or get me in. Yeah. yeah anyways, um, so yeah, so off topic there, but um, yeah, so my my my. Where I am today as a health educator, I, I no longer train people like mm. coaching one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I, I just like to teach what I've learned, right? I like to teach what I've learned. Um, 
And yeah, and, and that's where when, like, for example, I'm sure you have some questions for me, like I'm probably going to take a different angle at a lot of different things, right? I love it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's different. It makes, it makes people think a little bit more. And I, I never want to claim that what I learned is the right way. It's just like, it's what has worked for me. Yeah. Um, and, and it worked really well. So I try, like I get cancer um, patients, for lack of a better word, people who are dealing with cancer, reaching out to me quite often. And there's like, they want to hear kind of more about like, okay, so, you know, how did you know that not doing chemo and radiation was right for you? And again, I can tell you my story, but I can't say if it's right or not for you. So it's a really sensitive subject. And I think the same thing goes for for anything where you're trying to take care of your body or change your body. It's it's like, there's no right or wrong. What do you, you just said then, obviously, and this could be a very easy, simple answer to this question but mm. people respond differently to different um diets and different nutritions yeah. and yeah. there's no right prescription for every single individual right from your experience as work as a nutrition coach why do you think that is or why do you think people have such varying results obviously people's makeup responds differently yeah. to different things yeah. but what have you found is kind of or how do you diagnose people and yeah, working yeah, yeah. what's I, the, a, making the best decision great question um so what i've come to learn is your gut environment will completely dictate how you how well you do or not well you do on a diet so i don't know like the carnivore diet let's use that as an example like in concept it's ridiculous you Mm. know it's like there's so many like nourishing foods that you don't get with that however the the results you're seeing i'm seeing and other clinical nutritionists are seeing on the carnivore diet it's it's life-changing yeah why well people who have compromised gut health, right? They don't have the enough. So let's start with like hydrochloric acid. They have too low stomach acid. Uh, they're not producing enzymes to break down, um, you know, glucose basically, uh, or they're having blood sugar issues. Um, they are, their neurotransmitters in the stomach, the serotonin, their GABA is all basically, it's, it's not making like the enteric nervous system is essentially a inflamed mess. And so they're actually, they can be having, you know, they could, be eating meals high in carbs and actually triggering brain fog or even anxiety like it's nuts and then they go carnivore and all of a sudden all the food triggers are gone and they feel like i'm miraculously better it's not a long-term solution but it does show that people's gut health are the limiting factor usually in what diets to do so you know if you're training hard and you have a good amount of muscle mass it's like yeah eat carbs 200 grams a day no problem you know like easy your body can use it it's it's fine and your gut health is probably pretty good you're you're living healthy you're not you know doing too many artificials um you're not eating fried foods your your inflammation's probably not too bad in the gut at least uh and you know a lot of like healthier fit people were taking protein shakes, you know, and that's not a bad thing. There's glutamine in protein shakes, which is very good for your gut health. Um, there's a uh, way protein is very immune boosting. Um, so again, that's a whole other topic, but there's a lot of things we're doing right as healthy people, fit people. Um, so it's kind of like a free pass for us. We can, we're much more, we can take almost any diet and it's like, yeah, that works. Oh, yeah. that also works. Oh, that works. But then people come to me who have not been healthy their whole life. Okay. They're on prescription medications. They could be, you know, let, let's take a lawyer or a, like a busy executive who's just stressed in I the stress. mind. And that sends, you know, that, that completely disrupts their gut health, the mind and the gut. And of course, your microbiome are completely connected. And then they are so food sensitive. They eat like an apple and they bloat, you know, they have, you know, even, okay, try sweet potato, you know, uh, they bloat, you know, and you're like, what is going on? You know, like sweet potato on paper has no inflammatory properties, properties, right? Why is this person not reacting well to these carbs? Uh, Well, their gut health, their, their gut environment is all, it's, it's fucked for lack of a better word. So we need to do a gut reset. Okay. So, um, yeah, to, 
in a perfect world to find your perfect diet, you can't do that until your gut is at a homeostasis, is at a good spot. So to get there, usually um, you have to do elimination, you know, so limit the amount of foods you have. That's a very common uh, prescription. I've a lot of, seen a lot of good nutrition issues yeah. is reset, eliminate, start again, lay yeah. stuff back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, if people are struggling with this, they've got to do that because anything they do try prior to resetting their gut health is probably going to be ineffective anyway. It, or, yes, or it's not going to be a good indicator of if that actually if that is actually right works, for you. So yeah. is that diet right for you? Maybe, but not now. And then uh, a, brother, a buddy of mine, super healthy guy, mm-hmm. um, has actually cycled all of the Tour de France routes out of his own accord, just gone and off and cycled them and he's done um, across the same period and the same time. Really healthy guy. Respect. Super into like <laughs> biohacking and all this type yeah, of stuff. And yeah, he went yeah, and did yeah, some yeah. blood work once and it came back as like, uh, you can't eat almonds, mm. you can't eat uh, avocados. You can't yeah, eat yeah, of course. All the healthy food he's eating. All the healthy food yeah, he's Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. What's the deal with that? Is that just a... You've too much of a good thing has created a no, 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 no. That's a really interesting thing. So food, uh, I'm gonna get. We're we're probably gonna get a lot of people disagreeing with this. That's I'm, fine. I'm leaning into the, the mic the thing here. Is you've already said this because this is what works for you. You're yes. not saying this yeah. is the rules, right? No, no, exactly. But I mean, look, I am an accredited functional diagnostician, right? So I spent a lot, many, many years um, training to be a diagnostician. So what does a diagnostician do? Like functional diagnostician, we look for the root causes of things, right? And a food intolerance test is one of the biggest lab scams mm. you can possibly imagine it's so in theory it should be it should be revelational right like oh my god i can finally find out what foods i can and can't eat right it's completely dependent on your gut environment at that time sure. right so like for example like mine flared up like oh broccoli salmon you know like all of the healthy foods i'm like <laughs> come on right and then you look into your blood type and you're you, so you're trying to find all of these different sciences and try to patch things together right yep. you know blood type diet right yeah so you know like you, i look at my blood type I'm like, no, that doesn't corroborate. That doesn't make sense. And then I look at my food, you know, like, um, what are my triggers? Of course, you know, gluten is going to be a trigger for everyone. Dairy is going to be a trigger for everyone. But if you look at like asparagus, you know, and I'm like, okay, something's off here. And then what you can do is you can actually send what we've done. And Chris Kresser, I don't know if you know Chris Kresser. Chris Kresser yeah. yeah, yeah. So Chris Kresser, I believe, did this as well. Uh, or it could have been Rob Wolf. But they basically took extra vials of their own blood and sent their food allergen test out to multiple labs. And they got completely different results. Right. So it's basically like it's like immunology and like the reaction to different bacteria is so um, dependent on the moment, like in your gut environment could be if you just had a meal with this in it, if you just had yogurt before, if you have these different cultures in uh, it's it's just not predictable. So I would never base my diet on my food intolerance yeah. results ever. No, 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 but yeah, so yeah. you could have. If you just eaten something one day and then did a, the same test with the same company the next day, could have a different result. Think about this: if you get uh, vaccinated, yeah. right now, what are they doing? They're putting in a an antibody, right? So they're mm. they're putting in a, a, a piece of the virus, yeah. so your body knows how to defend itself against that virus. So when you're eating almonds, for example, so your body will will naturally, when you get a food intolerance test, it'll say, ah, that's reacting, right? Well, of course, it's it's in your system, you know, like that's then like your body recognizes it. It's like, oh yeah, we eat this, so it's it's completely inaccurate. So it yeah. could just be uh, that's what you have for breakfast that day. Could be just that, yeah, exactly. Or, or it could be that you're you have uh, assimilated your enzymes to 
to be very reactive to that food in a positive way. It doesn't mean it's a negative way. It means I recognize that food and I'm going to uh, allow my digestion, my enzymes, to break that down properly. Yeah. And that could show up on a, on a food intolerance test. So intolerance, it, 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 they should rename it. It's more like a food reaction test. Okay, yeah. And it doesn't sense. mean you're intolerant. It means you're reacting to it. So it means you're acknowledging it. Yes, that exists. That makes sense. That, that's really it. So kind of just general, obviously you've done all this studying and, mm. and spent years mm. becoming what you've become now and based on your own experiences, what are some like really obvious go-tos that apply to everybody? Is there anything where it's like this food, this supplement, yeah. this is, these are the money ones that you need to be concentrating yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. And, and this is not going to be any mind-blowing um, revelation, but it's, I call it the ugly three, like uh, grains, you know, like, so let's, let's, so grains, dairy, and sugar, right? Now, each of those have room to negotiate, right? Okay. So, um, like grains, a lot of, like, most people don't react negatively to oats, believe it or not. They just don't, right? Um, especially when they're cooked properly, mm -hmm. which means they're boiled or steamed um, and not eaten raw. Raw oats could be a little bit rough on the digestion. Definitely no gluten. Gluten just triggers a lot of people. So when people ask me, like, do you ever eat bread? I'm like, hell yeah, I love bread, you know? Like, I love bread, but I'm not going to buy shit bread packaged and sliced for me you know i'm right. gonna have day like made that day and i'm gonna enjoy every bite of that bread um but i'm not gonna eat it every single day because yeah. it's just not gonna work out well for me right um so sugar is just a no-go like again if i'm looking at, but, but this is an interesting conversation again it's like if you're an athlete and you're burning four thousand calories a day yeah man have some sugar there's probably a place for it enjoy exactly it's glucose man that's fuel you need that yeah but if i'm talking to a client who's you know sitting down eight hours a day staring to a screen um and maybe making four hours a week of working out it's like you do not need any more glucose man like you need to train your body to use alternate sources of energy so sugar is the first thing that needs to go for people it's very inflammatory uh it, it feeds the bad candida in our stomach so it disrupts our gut health it's like sugar just x Talking about artificial sugars, I'm gonna put that on pause because I'm. I figured. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm anti artificial sugars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that comes from. But eat as many bananas as you want. Yeah, I mean, well, if it fits your macros, Within right? Reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it, it's yeah, artificial sugars are sneaky because people think it's a free pass. So, so the thing is, like, when I say people like to people, you got to cut out the sugar. They're like, okay, great, but I still need sweet. Okay, so artificial sugars. It's like, okay, yeah, but you're sending the wrong signals to your brain you know okay. that sweet is still present your insulin's still trying to work it's a mess so uh, my tip to anyone listening about artificials um try to stick with stevia only because it's actually not artificial it's just a sugar substitute um stay away from sucralose isophane potassium look at your protein powders and try to go grass-fed um, because usually if a company goes the distance to make grass-fed grass they're not going to put sucralose and isophane potassium or aspartame uh it really disrupts your gut function and it disrupts your brain too there's a lot of studies now coming out artificial sugars uh, linked to brain fog and a lot of other mm, i don't want to say mental disorders but like uh complications okay. you know like it, you mentioned it, anxiety before yeah you it can trigger anxiety absolutely yeah so um yeah uh, and dairy is like it's one of those things where like i so do i eat greek yogurt yeah i do uh but plain no sugar added you know like if you look at the ingredients of most yogurt and then you compare it to ice cream. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. First ingredient, milk or sugar. Second ingredient, milk or sugar, right? Uh, it's, it's literally melted ice cream, most yogurt. So if you go like higher fat, pure Greek yogurt uh, from, you know, happy, natural grass-fed cows, you're, you're good to go. You're mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. The, the probiotics, you know, the lacidophilus in there, it's, or lactobacillus, um, 
yeah, it, it'll do you good. I think that's a rule for most products, right? Even like when you talk yeah, about true. meat, if you just go really cheap, really poor yeah. quality meat, you're not going to get what you need out of it. You're not. Well, you you might get your protein if that's what you're going for, but you're it's going to come with hormones. It's going to come with antibiotics, and that will disrupt your gut health. Like when I was working in, I was didn't tell you, but I was working for six years in, in detox resorts, detox resorts, like wellness resorts in Thailand, okay. consulting and, and helping them build their programs. And I would see women in their 30s with blood reports showing that they're in menopause, right? Whoa. Yeah. And then these same women would tell me that their daughters uh, were like getting their periods at like seven or eight years old. Like, no, that's, that's not right, right? Yeah, so sure. I'm, I'm looking at the family, okay, what's happening now? What, what's going on here? And you look and they're like just buying like, you know, uh, like mass produce chicken, like chicken, 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 all the hormones in chicken. By the way, when you buy chickens, they sterilize all the chickens to make them all female, right? Okay. You probably don't know that. Know they that. give chickens birth control pills, like estrogen, to make sure that they all are reproduced in females as much as possible. Huh. So they're playing God with that, and that is leaking into our food supply. So it is very endocrine disrupting. Um, so if you buy your meats, you got to go grass-fed. you yeah. got to go natural. You have to go and no hormones because it's, it's, a, it's a mess. And you see, like, you don't see it. Like, again, it's so hard to tell this to someone who's jacked, bulging muscles, and I'm like, hey, you should eat less chicken. And they're like, what? I look fucking great, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, you should eat, you know, like. You should eat more chicken. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, but when you see the patients that I see and you see the disruption in their hormones, you say, okay, there's a direct link, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and that's why it's like, it, it will catch up with you. It will. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So the uh, nutrition logos, what about go-to? Is there anything you'd advise people to build in regardless of whatever their gut health is or gut state is? Are things that are generally good for you? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, let's let's look at, like, sweet potato for sure. Um, I mean, all the green veggies. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to, again, blow anyone's mind with, of course, broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus. Greens. All the greens. All the greens, all the greens. And not just because it's vegetables. Let's look at this from a different perspective now. Let's look at greens as medicine more than just your fiber and your greens. Let's look at the micronutrients. So this is, this is really important. So... I see a lot of, uh, again, <laughs> I, I do have no idea what your nutritional methodology is, but like if you're fit and you have like, let's say 10 to 15% body fat, so you're lean, you're, you're in the lean athletic range, right? Um, you're training consistently, your, your metabolism is an optimized machine, right? Uh, then what matters to you most is getting a sufficient amount of macros to fuel what you're going to do so you don't put yourself in a, in a negative recovery situation. But for most people who aren't athletes, macros are secondary to micros. Yeah. They need the nourishment first. They need the medicine from the food to get them out of this deficit that they're in from sitting down for eight hours a day. Before for, they start worrying about how many grams exactly. of whatever. Exactly. Like, so the way I like to say it is like, most people are drained batteries, okay. drained batteries. So I don't want to squeeze performance out of someone's drained battery. I want to fill their battery up. That makes sense. And when you fill them up, then performance comes so much easier. And it doesn't come at taxation of adrenals. And then they're all of a sudden, like you can see some people who get really, really fit, really, really fast. And then their adrenals are just fucked. You know, um, it was just such a harsh transition. And they did it from a place of force mm. instead of a place of, oh, my battery's full. This is flowing. It was like, no, I forced myself into that shape. And now you're going to have repercussions. Yeah. Uh, so fill up your batteries. And the only way to do that is with micros. So I, I like to tell my clients about the greens is like get as many nutrients as you can. So 
even if you have to take greens powder, do it. I was going to ask, is powdered green yeah, decent it is. enough? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Especially, I mean, it, it's actually quite good. Uh, we start our day every morning um, like greens powder. There's one company called Paradise Greens. You can order on iHerb. It's been around forever, uh, mm-hmm. but it's so, you read the ingredients and it's like, oh my God, it's like a garden in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. So uh, yeah, highly recommended. But yeah, greens powder for sure. Good. Uh, Super important. On that subject, is powder as good a substitute as reg- if you could blend up a bunch of vegetables? Is the because obviously if you did like kale, celery, yeah. apple, but yeah. like you're still not going to get the full micronutrient profile that right. you would get from a powder. Yeah, so yeah. Is the powder almost better? Yeah. Look, and I'm not. I don't. So I make sup. <laughs> I do have a supplement company, and I don't make greens powders yet. Uh, yes. But I'm. I'm still looking for the perfect formula. But it's. I've been taking greens powders for a long time now. To answer your question. In a lot of cases, a f- greens powder supplement can be superior to vegetables yeah. for a few reasons. One is this, the density, right? So yeah. like one scoop and you're getting all the best parts, right, out of the greens. You're not, and when you said apples, like, okay, that's great, but it comes with a lot of sugar, right? So um, a lot of other things is like if you're not buying organic, like most of these greens powders will be organic, right? They will be fresh, like basically they're picked, they're flash frozen, and then they're they're dehydrated, right? So it went from growing on a tree to a encapsulated powder or like a uh, like a basically an oxygen free powder, uh, which means it hasn't been denatured. Um, it's it's very much still alive and it is better for us than a lot of fresh vegetables because a lot of fresh vegetables have a lot of fucking chemicals on them right mm-hmm. now if they're not organic, uh, could have food grade waxes, could have a lot of other stuff. So again, nothing against the vegetables. <laughs> But if you're looking, if you're looking at like vegetables is like, oh my God, this is real food. And this powder is like, oh, that might be fake. You got to change your perspective about that. And um, powdered greens are just as good. Especially if someone isn't getting like three, four meals where they're eating enough vegetables in a yeah. day and they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. lacking, then that yeah. boost is going to Yeah, if you help. struggle to, if you're not eating greens with every meal, you absolutely need a greens powder, 100%. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. I had another question on the greens before. Oh. Brand? No. Nope. Game Changers. Did you watch Game Changers? No. Oh, you didn't watch Game no, Changers? No, the, no, The no. vegan... Uh, no. was it? I try the to... Propaganda? St- I try to stay away from that. It makes me mad. Dude, it was... It makes me really mad. I was vegan, by the way, for four years. Well, almost six years. So I was vegan and vegetarian for for six years total. Four of those were vegan, vegan. Okay. Uh, and then the others were vegan and eggs. Okay. Uh, my body hated it. Okay. Yeah. I won't lie. I... Will, I uh, I actually, the day we sat down to watch it, yeah. I had two huge ribeyes, and I sat down. I was like cutting into, and then they started watching. I was like, oh damn! Yeah. And I, yeah. And I got through. I was like, this is bullshit. And the next yeah. day, I was just like, that night, I was like, yeah. I'm going to be a vegan because yeah. this makes so much sense. The yeah. next day, I thought about, it, I was just yeah. like, this is bullshit. And then, yeah, yeah, then yeah, all yeah. the other stuff started coming out about it. Yeah. Funny thing, last night we watched. Have you seen the Sea Spiracy one? My mother just asked me this morning if I'd watched it. I have not. I had a bowl of uh, like chicken broth or like soup and then on top loads of prawns yeah and i sat down to watch it and there's prawns and then yeah. the sea spirit yeah, yeah you're like oh, oh shit fuck. well yeah so uh, <laughs> that's opening up a whole other conversation <laughs> but every like <laughs> um if we look into all of these like everything we're doing is kind of bad to a certain degree right like everything we're doing has a negative impact on the yeah. environment we're not eating consciously we're, we're probably overeating we're not choosing uh, like uh, sustainable sources a lot of the time so it is 
is like eating plants better for the planet than just eating than eating meat actually we can prove both sides mm. you know um, it could be argued that more chemicals and more water is used to you know it, it's endless and I'm not a professional in that field no, uh, but I have dabbled with both sides um, and I've I've arrived now like pescatarian with occasional meat is where my body says like thank you yeah. that's where I'm good basically like if you look at do you know about the blue zones yeah all right, so they, they fascinate me, right? Yeah, yeah. Like these six places on the planet where more people lived over 100 years old than anywhere else, Sardinia uh, and Ikaria in Greece. They're like a couple hundred kilometers away from each other and more men and, and women, but mostly men, lived over 100 years old than anywhere else. Um, and their diet is, is like, it's nice, you know? Mm. It's like, you know, green vegetables, lots of olives, lots of like good healthy fats. Right. Uh, but of course they have lamb, you know, because they're they're in contact with the lamb you know yeah. they have a very intimate connection with their food supply uh, and I think that's what we need a little bit more of to be honest I think if we can have a, a more connection with what we're eating more respect and more um, just care for what we do I think that's the biggest thing we can do yeah versus eating out of packets and yeah more processed or- yeah it's just it's not nourishing in that way you know and, and we lose we lose the the connection with what that food really means you know um like we we fish we catch our own fish here in dubai uh, and that's the best feeling in the world you know so like we're in the boat or we're on the beach we're catching a fish and we're eating it for dinner and it's like you can just feel it's like that's nourishing you yeah know? like we're responsible for it yes we took that life but we acknowledge that you know and we didn't outsource that responsibility to someone else and yeah. serve it up to us looking all nice and then say i don't care where that came from yeah, yeah no, so I, it's, it's a good feeling yeah, yeah definitely i think there's a lot and i've heard people reference before is like you'll get way more out of the food the closer it is to you pairing it. even like yeah. a meal plan versus you cooking your own dinner yeah, yeah. you're going to get yeah. more out of it that 100%. way 100% there's actually been some really interesting studies about have you ever seen the studies about not eating alone no not it's alone. really interesting okay. like your food will digest better when you're in an environment where you're with people and you're more connected with your food like they've done like direct studies and it's amazing to see the difference in digestion the difference in their gut microbes after uh, so like never wow. eat alone is a big deal okay never eat alone yeah why is that it's like it's an energetic thing where I mean everything has frequency everything yeah. has right and vibration and eating alone like just has this this uh, okay so we are all designed as pack animals, right? Yeah. So when we're alone, there is this, ins- we don't feel it on a conscious level, but there's a subconscious that we might not be safe. Okay. When you are not safe, when you're not part of a pack, right? Yeah. Where you don't have people to back you up or keep you safe, then you're, there's a survival mechanism in the brain and saying, okay, fight or flight, right? Uh, so then yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Star- yeah you're, you're parasympathetic or you're sympathetic. So your sympathetic activates. And at that point, digestion is not a priority, right? Got, yeah. It wants to reroute blood to your arms, wants to reroute blood to your legs. So, so you're, exactly. Yeah. So we don't feel it, but you're sitting down alone and the brain says, okay, alone might be danger. Okay. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. That yeah. makes, but it makes sense when you explain it, it that sense. way. It makes yep. complete sense. Yeah, yeah. So once you understand our survival mechanism, uh, it, it makes a lot of things. Like I, I eat so fast. My girlfriend's here, by the way. She's probably going to laugh. But, like, I eat way too fast. And I still do. But it really disrupted my digestion, okay. right? So I had to start taking betaine. I don't know. like, So if, if anyone listening has issues with digestion, the first thing you do is you take betaine hydrochloride, uh, 500 milligrams with every meal. Uh, and that mimics stomach acid, right? Okay. So that will – it's an old polyquin trick. Um, and um, and it basically allow, it gives your stomach the acid that it – 
might not have by its by its own, right. and it helps you to rebuild your own stomach acid. It's really good. It's been a game changer for me. Um, but it's not a free pass to still eat fast, right? Uh-huh. Um, but no, eating fast was was something that really disrupted my digestion, and you've probably heard like chew thirty times. Yeah. Have you ever counted how many times you chew before you swallow? Yeah, not a lot. Like five, six, if that. right? <laughs> Right. So we have a lot to learn about the basics. So uh, why I bring that up is like before we go all crazy about like what diet's proper, what do I need? Should I go keto? Low? It's like first, learn how to digest properly. Yeah. You know, eat in a safe space. Eat and chew slowly. Enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy who you're around, and you'll see that's transformative in itself. Then decide what diet you need. That makes most. That's, yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, there's a guy called James Fitzgerald. He's another Canadian who runs a company called OPEX. I'm out of the loop. Those man. guys um, preach a lot of that stuff. And cool. again, like, uh, chew your food properly. Like so important. The whole thing yeah. makes a m- m- it, bunch of sense. It, it really does. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. All right. I think that's as much as I can take on nutrition. That was, <laughs> that was fascinating. Uh, sleep. Yeah. Let's sleep. Talk, talking about getting basics right is... Yeah. If you're looking at training performance, one of the easiest ways to improve your training performance, I always say is the three things you can do to improve your training performance is sleep better, hydrate better, and eat better. And you will have to change your training and you will get more out of your training without training any harder. 100%. Any tips on sleep? Because I've seen things on your social about ways to yeah. train you what it's sleep. Yeah, better. sleep is is a, a very important part of what I teach. Um, like I'm, I'm so regimented in my sleep. Like. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone has to be so regimented, but you do need a sleep ritual. Okay. You do need to look at sleep as serious as you look at your training, right? Um, which means like you're going to show up to the gym at X time and you know you're going to put in, you know, you have a program for it. You spend time planning for it. Like sleep, even though it's very intuitive and you shouldn't have to think about it, you do have to respect it. hundred yeah, percent. For sure. Um, a couple of tricks. So for people suffering from poor sleep, there's usually multiple reasons. So, um, one is, and the place we start is again, survival mechanism, right? Like sympathetic, parasympathetic. When your brain is in beta waves, right? So beta waves is, is not bad. Um, but it's like an analytical intellectual, very like problem solving, uh, brainwave, right? Which most of us spend 90% of our day in, right? right. Our waking hours. Um, it's, you can't fall asleep in beta waves, right? Because you're still processing. You're still like the mind is chattery. So yep. if, if you're listening and you feel like your issue with sleep is that you can't power down your mind, then we need to learn how to switch your brain into alpha waves. Um, alpha waves is when you're more creative, you're more centered, you are more present instead of being like off planning the future or thinking about the past, you're really present. Um, and that is a very, it's a soothe, it's a chill wave. It's very chill. Um, alpha waves will allow you to slip into theta waves and theta is when you start to fall asleep. Okay. So theta is when you are like almost in that lucid dreaming state where you're like about to fall asleep, you're twitching a little bit and then you know any minute you'll fall asleep. You, that's theta. So we have to teach you how to get to alpha. Um, and for supplements, I'll just throw it out right now. L-theanine. There is no supplement better for shifting your brain into alpha waves than L-theanine. So simple, natural. It's from tea, basically. It's an amino acid extracted from tea, obviously no caffeine, um, and it helps the brain activate alpha waves much better. Uh, So that's the first place to start. Um, another reason people might not sleep is they might be nutrient deficient. They might be deficient in magnesium, which doesn't allow the central nervous system to power down, right? So they could have restless legs. They could have just this body that feels a little bit tight. Um, and their mind is racing because their central nervous system can't soothe. Um, it's not able to produce enough GABA, which is our inhibitory neurotransmitter, 
I geek out a lot. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so GABA is our, one of our most important soothing neurotransmitters. Serotonin, of course, as well. Um, but GABA at night, we really need to activate that. Magnesium helps. Okay. So um, I always wonder because I've been I've taken magnesium supplements just on recommendations yeah. and always yeah. slept better because of it. But yeah. Didn't yeah. Great. So magnesium is not a sleeping pill. You can take it during the day, and obviously you won't get tired. But if you are deficient and you take magnesium before sleep, it will allow you to fall asleep quicker yeah. and stay asleep longer yeah uh, and freaky dreams can be yeah. yeah so freaky dreams would come from check your magnesium okay what gives people freaky dreams is vitamin b6 okay a lot of time so zma i don't know if you know about ZMA. ZMA. yeah so zma is a classic it's zinc magnesium aspartate not aspartame but aspartate with b6 um and it gives people nutty dreams so yeah. I'm, I'm creating a, it's really funny you say that i'm creating a sleep supplement right now um and we're testing right okay. and we've tested three formulas the first formula like everyone's feedback is like, I had crazy dreams or nightmares. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to make that formula. <laughs> like, let's get rid of the B6. So B6 technically can help you absorb magnesium more and help you produce uh, melatonin, but it can also give you crazy dreams. Right. So, uh, and the reason why it's not 100% understood, but it basically stimulates a stronger REM cycle. Okay. And REM is when you have your most vivid dreams, right? So you could maybe just package that as a supplement and sell it as a dream supplement. Yeah, if you want to trip yeah. out in your dreams, yeah. yeah, just take a high dose of B6 uh, with zinc and magnesium. Basically, they have ZMA. Yeah. If you want to trip out, take ZMA before bed. Uh, you're going to wake up with some... You're going to have some vivid dreams, you know, like really weird. Uh, personally, I don't love that, so I don't do that. But um, yeah, I That's take, why I stopped taking magnesium. Yeah. I couldn't handle the dreams. So it's... Pro but now I'm interested. It's probably... It was a ZMA. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't the magnesium. It was the B6. Cool. Yeah. Good now time. we know. Yeah. Uh, so check your supplements, guys. If you're taking a supplement and it's making you have weird dreams, it probably has B6 with magnesium and it's not magnesium's fault. It's the B6. Yeah. Mm. I love sleep. I'm a whoop guy. I don't know if you're... Uh, no, I, you're not the first whoop guy I've met, though. But I always, whenever I compare notes or mm -hmm. send them to like my nutrition coach, yes, mm -hmm. for my sleep stuff, it's like, um, she's like, man, your sleep quality and talking about mm -hmm. REM and deep is really high, even though the nice. quantity is low. So I only sleep like six and a half hours a night okay. just because I start early and I finish late yep. most days. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I never feel tired. I always feel, I always wake up feeling good. Amen. And then the sleep quality is always really high. Yeah. How important is sleep quality versus yeah. quantity that's a great question I, I i hope sleep trackers get more and more popular because it's not like it's like i don't want to say it's like body fat calipers but it's like you need to know right yeah. you need to know like how are you supposed to know if you're a good sleeper or not if you don't have the data right we need data right um and i think it's really important for us to have uh so we can find out if our sleep is quality or not because a lot of people will come to me and say i get eight hours of sleep but i wake up exhausted yeah. and i look at their data i say okay you're getting 20 minutes of rem mm -hmm. you're getting 35 minutes of deep sleep you're spending like like six hours in light sleep and two hours like an hour and a half awake i'm like no wonder right so we have to so the sleep quality is is pretty much everything. The The gold standard is you want to spend about 20 to 25% of your time in REM and about 20 to 22% of your time in deep sleep. So let's say you're sleeping six and a half hours. I hope your REM is an hour and 20 to an hour and 40. I hope your deep is an hour 10 to an hour 30. Uh, exactly that to the minute. Six. I'm not joking. <laughs> 
Six. I slept last night. Six hours twenty nine minutes. My REM was one twenty four, and my deep was one thirty one. There you go. Yeah, there I've, you go. I've, I've been doing this a long time. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, again, it's not. It, that's not rocket science either. It's that is a healthy sleep cycle. It was so, very good math, though. Yeah, it that was, was very quick math. <laughs> that was good math. That was exact. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Sometimes I surprise myself with these <laughs> calculations, um, but uh, no. Look, it, it's. Again, I'm I'm look I'm interpreting blood reports. I'm interpreting sleep report. I'm I'm interpreting data yep. and using that data to help people understand why they're feeling what they're feeling or why they're experiencing what they're experiencing, mental and physical. Uh, so it's I'm a data guy. It, it helps so much when we get these insights. And so like I would not tell you right now you need eight hours sleep. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. You know, so that sleep is not an area you need work on. Yeah, great. Congrats. And then I am constantly telling people, people largely, I don't think, value sleep as much as they should mm. or the benefit of, yeah. of uh, sleep. And you said a sleep routine is crucial and having mm. it, treating it as seriously as mm. uh, your training program yeah. or, or other areas yeah. is uh, why, just for people who don't value it, and maybe they listen to you more than listen to me, mm. is why is that so important? Obviously, there's all the, so we do all our, all our recovery and, yeah. and, and et cetera, et cetera, but why is the sleep so important? Uh, okay, well, it's so it's so important for so many reasons. One, okay, do you want to reframe I that or reframe it? Yeah, let's go for performance one. Yeah, because we're oh, in like the gym. That. Yeah, and then just for health. So right. we hit performance first. All right, so hitting performance. So from a performance perspective, well, again, let's go back to the data. First, if you are, if you're trying to, if your goal right now is I need to increase my performance, right? If that is physical performance is your goal, you need to look at your sleep. Uh, data. You can't just say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm structured. I'm in bed by 11. I'm awake at, you know, 5:30 or six. That might appear good, but we need to see the data. Um, why it's important is if you're not, if you're not getting the, the right amount of time in REM. Okay. Let's start with REM. Okay. If you're not getting enough time in REM, you are going to turn yourself into an emotional mess. You are going to develop anxiety. You are going to develop, or you're going to, like, when I say anxiety, I don't mean you're going to be, like, curled up shaking in a ball on the floor. I just mean you're going to be a little bit more irritable. Okay. You're going to be a little bit less um, apt at problem solving, literally, because you're going to be, REM is the time. In these brainwaves, we process emotions. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay, good. So a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know that REM is the time for us to basically do like a, a, a sweep, a clean of, all, of what has been processed that day, the whatever it was that our subconscious and conscious have registered as emotional, that will get processed um, during our REM sleep. And I, th this is not like an esoterical, like um, spiritual thing. This is neuroscience. Um, in deep sleep, this is when our hormones, like deep sleep, you don't really dream. This is when your growth hormone will pulse. This is when your testosterone will pulse. Guys, when you wake up in the morning under a tent, um, you know what that is. That is your growth hormone and your testosterone. If you are not waking up under a tent in the morning, you have an issue with your testosterone or you have an issue with your deep sleep. You're not spending enough time in deep sleep. Um, so that be a sign of a good night then? Yes. If you woke up with a or morning wood, you'd wake up. It, it should be. A good night's sleep. It should be. It, it, it's two things. It's yes. The first sign is you spend enough time in deep sleep. Uh -huh. Your body had the natural cycle of growth hormone and testosterone that it should. Um, your circadian rhythm yeah. is in a healthy place. Yes. Or it could mean you're taking a lot of testosterone. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, there, there could be different reasons for that, but mostly that's a sign of good health for hormone balance. Um, so 
that's why for performance you need the REM sleep because you want your performance is not just physical, right? It's having the it's having the discipline, it's having the mental fortitude to keep pushing. And if you're if you're waking up every day in a deficit emotionally, then you're just going to feel like a wreck. You're going to lose your motivation, um, and you're you're going to be easily distracted. So I guess that makes sense why a lot of parents with newborns always mm-hmm. talk about being stressed out and having breakdowns because oh they don't get enough REM. Yeah. It's not yeah, just yeah, the yeah. sleep. It's, it's torture. REM. It's yeah. torture. It's literally torture. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from a, from a performance point of view for deep sleep, you need deep sleep for the hormone perspective. Like you need that natural pulse of growth hormone and it simply can't happen, uh, in light sleep. It won't happen in awake sleep for sure. Right. It really, or it won't happen efficiently. You get the big pulse when you're in deep, deep sleep. Um, that's what anybody who's taking growth hormone, they will get very, very tired and they will spend a lot of time. So if I see blood report or sorry, if I see a neurology and I see someone's sleep cycles and they're spending like three hours in deep sleep, some of my clients are, you know, um, plus 50 and they're on like a uh, hormone replacement therapy for yep. aesthetic reasons or for longevity reasons. I'll be like, are you taking growth hormone? They're like, yes. So if I see over three hours of deep sleep, I usually know that they're taking exogenous, uh, HGH. Cool, yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. And then is there ways you can improve the amount of REM and deep you get naturally? Is there tips or tricks on how to improve <clears throat> that? Or is that, you can't really adjust that too much. You, it, it's not something you can simply fine tune, but there are supplements that will put like L-theanine magnesium or okay. the essentials okay. like that's that's the bedrock you know yeah. that's the foundation so get your l-theanine and magnesium and you will passively optimize your rem and your deep sleep yeah amazing yeah man that was amazing yeah I'm, my mind's Hope a little bit blown helps. right now <laughs> um i'm we're gonna wrap this up soon i have been fascinated by everything you've just said and i don't think this will be the only episode we'll do of that yeah, let's, let's do I this think again this, is, this was great and i feel like you could show a lot more than you have today um mm. I just want to go back to the uh, your earlier days when you changed from when you got over your treatment mm. and change what changed from you kind of pre and post uh, before you were diagnosed yep. Yep. and then after like how long did it take you to get it like I don't know how long were you back to you were back to normal training how long yeah, did it take yeah, you yeah. to how did that change <clears throat> or what was the before you were this young healthy yeah. start going for it and then now you've got to change your life because you're looking at yeah what was the changes or the major changes between those for you great question the the biggest change was the respect so you said like value sleep i like that but let's even look at changing that word to respecting sleep mm-hmm. it's like it, it's it commands respect it's not just about value because things with value i feel like it could be like yeah okay well i'll make up on it but respect yeah. man sleep is respect so i begin i began to respect recovery Okay. which which meant like how much inflammation am i causing in my body um how how much am i suppressing my immune system um and what am i how am i suppressing my my good gut microbes versus what am i doing to nourish them and so for like <laughs> i haven't worn deodorant since since i had cancer right and i tra- like i have not worn deodorant one single day and ladies and gentlemen i smell pretty good no, like, i don't wear deodorant i said this is oh. the thing i don't i stopped wearing deodorant when i realized this Surely this can't be good for you. And I was probably <laughs> 10 years ago, I stopped wearing deodorant. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're, wow. Okay. Yeah. I have not met many people like us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, well, we can talk about deodorant. It's not that bad, but you have to do an audit of your system and say, what toxins am I letting into my system on a daily basis? 
and where can I make some cuts? So like, I don't, I don't do any artificial sugars, don't chew gum. Um, you know, like if I have a diet Coke, which I do enjoy, it will be like one a month, like maximum or cause it's in my hand and I'm looking at it. I'm like, I know what you're doing to my system. Right. It's, I haven't had fast food since I was 19 years old. Like I refuse to eat uh, fast food just because again, it's about respect. Right. Um, I, I've been very sick. I have seen very sick. And even though it wasn't caused by unhealthy eating, um, it's just something that you look, you just look at yourself differently from that. And you're like, I'm just, it's not worth it. That instant gratification is just not worth it. Um, so I would say the biggest change I made was like nothing synthetic, okay. nothing synthetic, like, uh, no artificials in my food, nothing packaged, nothing processed, uh, fresh, fresh, and no creams, no, yeah, nothing that's going to put a transdermal uh, chemical into my bloodstream. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, I, I don't know why I left this till now to bring up, but my father's a prostate cancer survivor. Wow. And he he got it when he was 59. Okay. Auckland now, last year he got it now, and he's, Great. he's good now. But okay. um, yeah, he's, again, much like you said, your mm. father, he was, in, he was in the military for 22 years. Mm. Um, he likes to drink, but never smoke. Yep. Super healthy guy. Again, just like you said, one of the healthiest guys yep. I've ever known. Yep. So it just doesn't make sense yep. why yep. Yep. that yep. happened that way. But yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. And did he make changes to more natural as well? Have you, is that? He did the whole like, okay, uh, this has happened now. Yep. I need to go and look at all. And they eat, again, everything they eat is always home cooked. Great. It's exactly the same upbringing as yep. you surrounded. Yep. Oh, we yep. don't yep. eat crap food at home. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, always yeah. home cooked foods. Yep. And uh, then he went through the whole like, oh, well, tomatoes are good for you. And right. And right, did the whole right, that right. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, nah, it wasn't too much of a change. I think it was quite a healthy dude anyway. So, right. Yeah. Um, good point. But yeah, now he's all, he's all good. Great. Yeah, I think everyone, I'm sure everyone listening, we know someone in our family or a loved one that's been touched by cancer. And, and one of my messages is just don't just wait until something happens to make all these changes. Listen to these changes that we've made and start to implement them now because it is, cancer is, it is avoidable. You know, believe it or not, it sounds like, you know, it's just bad luck to people. Uh, but there's a lot that we can do to put ourselves in a stronger position. It all comes down to immune system, basically. Yeah. It really, it really does come down to your immune system. So fortify your immune system. Uh, do a little audit of what am I doing in my life that is suppressing my immune system and what am I consciously doing to build my immune system. And once you evaluate those two areas, you can make, you you feel almost like bulletproof and that's a damn good feeling, you know? Yeah. I think that's the yeah. perfect way to end the show. All right. Dave, where can people find you, man? Uh, Instagram is the best place cool. at, at Dave Catchadel. You can put a link in whatever I'll, you do. I'll definitely, I'll definitely show yeah, a link. Perfect. And, and please, anyone listening, reach out to me. Um, ask me questions. This is what I'm here for. This is what I do. This is why I'm building a business or another business on health um, because I'm literally on a mission to just share what I've learned because I see how much it helps. So please feel free to just reach out personally. And thank you for sharing your story, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me awesome. on. Awesome, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Peace.